Well, here we are at our second My Story podcast, and I'm joined today by Tiffany McCauley. Tiffany, thank you for being here. I know that uh, you're excited and maybe a little nervous about this, but it's going to be a good time together, and I appreciate you doing this. This is the second one we've done, as I've mentioned, um, and we're just going to have a conversation over the next little bit and give you an opportunity. Uh, for those that may have not seen our first podcast, this the idea here is that you get an opportunity to share your story. And that's uh, was the vision behind this is that everybody has a story. Everybody has something that God's done in their lives. Every follower of Christ, at least, has a testimony. And all of our testimonies are different. And I want uh, for you to have the freedom to be able to share how God's worked in your life to this point. And, and that's what we're going to do. And, and what happens is we connect with each other's stories. And they're my hope, my prayer, I know yours as well, is that there are those out there uh, listening or watching that are going to be able to connect on some level with something that you share. And uh, God will use that to uh, to either draw them to himself or to encourage them to grow wherever they are in their relationship with Christ. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to just tell about yourself in just a few moments, but I think it's appropriate that we start uh, with prayer, just kind of pray over our time together and pray that God would use this in whatever way he chooses, right? So let's do that together. Father, we come to you this afternoon uh, as when we're recording this, and we uh, we just pray that you would bless this time uh, that we have together, that you would use this in whatever way you have planned in accordance with your plan and your purpose. Father, I pray that... Um, Whoever's listening, uh, that they would be able to be encouraged by Tiffany's story. Um, I pray that you would um, be with her as she shares, that you would give her the words to say, that you would guide her as she speaks, that you would give her peace and uh, calm any nerves that she may have, and that you would be with us both as we converse, uh, that, that everything that we do would would bring honor and glory to your name, but we know that you're an intentional God and there's a purpose in this. There's a reason you led her to share her story, and uh, we know that you will use that in an incredible way, and that's our desires, that you would use this uh, for your glory to draw people to yourself, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, Tiffany, I'm going to let you just tell us a little bit. Uh, tell us about yourself. Tell you, tell us, you know, about your childhood growing up. I mean, I know that you are a follower of Christ. So within that, you know, I share your testimony and just how you came to know the Lord and and uh, what your life was like growing up. Okay. Um, well, you know, my parents, too. And mm-hmm. so I did have the privilege of growing up in a Christian home and going to church and Sunday school and um we had a family Bible, children's Bible, and there's a picture in the back, and I can still see it in my mind of what heaven was supposed to look like. And so, yeah. I, I guess asked my dad one day, um, "How do you, you know, tell me about heaven and how do you get there?" And he said, "Well, if you have Jesus in your heart when you die, you can go to heaven." So mm-hmm. we, I guess, prayed that night and I asked Jesus in my heart and forgive me of my little five-year-old sins. And um, and then when I was eight, I do remember asking to be baptized. And we talked about the importance of that and what that meant to um, identify yourself with Christ and um, let others know that you were a Christian. And um, But then, you know, how do you live the rest of your life, right? Yeah. You know, that's eight years old. I still have 70, yeah. 70 more years to go in life. So as a five-year-old coming to the reality of, of what sin was, what was that like for you? What did that mean for you? I honestly don't remember that yeah. very much. Yeah. I just knew, um, you know, why wouldn't you love Jesus sure. and want to go to heaven? I mean, I think that displays a childlike faith, right? I mean, that we we may not understand. I think that's important for any parent to understand who's talking to their child. You, know, you don't have to understand all all of the, the theological concepts behind sin. Just that sin is 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 something that that God says is wrong, and a five year old can understand that. A six year old can understand that, and that the only way to be forgiven is that Jesus died for your sins. And so in the way that a five-year-old could, you came to understand that. Right. Um, and then we're baptized later and you made an important distinction. I think, you know, baptism is a profession of faith. That is, it's our display. It's identifying with the body of Christ and an illustration 
of what Jesus has done on the inside by, by cleansing us from sin. And so you came to faith in Christ at a very young age, and you mentioned, you know, eight years old. From there on, I mean, now now begins the challenge of living for Christ. So tell us about that, those next years. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, continued to go to Sunday school, church, mission trips, um, even memorize scripture and do all the right things. And yes, I believed God, but somehow there was a disconnect in mm what I knew in my head and how I behaved. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot of kids go yeah. through that and question that. And, sure. you know, God seems detached and, and, um, but then when you're among your friends and they're enjoying sin and don't seem to be harmed by it and mm -hmm. it looks like fun. And yeah. so sin kind of is fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something that people, you know, it's easy to look back and say, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, if sin wasn't enticing, we wouldn't have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and the the act itself may be fun and enjoyable. It's the consequences that come later. Right. right? You mentioned being detached. What do you can you think of some of the questions you were asking, you know, in terms of of about God and your relationship with God at that time. I'm guessing this is like early teen years when you're you're really starting to mature and and maybe even think for yourself a little bit as a teenager. I don't think I really thought for myself. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. I think, you know, there's God was history and future, but mm -hmm. I didn't know how to live him today, mm -hmm. if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you learn all these principles and, and things you should do, but didn't necessarily learn the why of it, mm -hmm. you know, and there are a lot of rules and this is how you behave, but didn't learn the the why or connect that, you know, because I love Christ, because he died for me, um, because he has a better plan for me. I do yeah. need to obey him and do what he says because yeah. he loves me and it's there to protect me. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned seeing other people do mm -hmm. whatever they wanted, seem like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, having fun doing it. So is it fair to say then that taking what you believed about God and, and, and even knew right and wrong from his word and actually applying it to your current situation was where the challenge was? Is yeah. That, and I yeah. would say, you know, it's the old deception in the Garden of Eden mm -hmm. where Satan was like, you know, did God really mean yeah. that yeah. you couldn't have fun? Did he really mean that you would suffer consequences? Yeah. Yeah. So where, where did that lead then? I mean, we all struggle with that, by the way. I mean, I don't uh -huh. care if you're 13 or 43, you're, you're gonna, or 83, you're, you know, taking what you know to be right and wrong, what God teaching in his word and applying it to our lives. I mean, that's living for Jesus and, you know, becoming a Christian is easy. Living the Christian life is a challenge. Mm -hmm. and, and that is the challenge. Mm -hmm. It's many times the world's pushing you in one direction and you know God wants you to live this way and you know walking that straight and narrow so to speak mm -hmm. can be can be difficult. So mm -hmm. so where did that lead? So um that so high school um starting to kind of rebel, do what I wanted as long as I didn't get caught. Um college that first year, you know, out from under my parents' roof, toe in the line. You know, I had I was involved in the Baptist campus ministries mm -hmm. on Monday night. Sunday was church. And then I had another set of activities and friends on the weekend yeah. and um, and had a boyfriend. And um, so it, it was just living both sides of the, the fence, mm -hmm. you know, fit in the world and fit in heaven. And uh, it led to me getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. That's where it led. Um, so straddling the fence, so to speak, you know, living with a foot in both worlds, that's kind of the phrase we use, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, being lukewarm or, mm -hmm. um, you know, just trying to serve two gods. Um, and, and, you know, we, that's the temptation <clears throat> is to, you know, you know, you want to live for Jesus, but then, you know, this, this life over here is fun. You know, it's, I'm, I'm trying to do live dual lives and that's what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. you're, you're going to church, you're still Baptist campus ministries doing all of these things. Um, and, but then you've got compartmentalized the second life where you're living the same way that your friends are. Uh, I'm assuming, you know, um, um, a lifestyle that's that's not honoring to God, and then and you you have a boyfriend that I'm assuming also, and you tell me if I'm wrong. That relationship probably wasn't what you would call a God honoring relationship, and then you mentioned led to to pregnancy. So mm -hmm. here you are, what first year in college, 
Um, and all of a sudden you find out you're pregnant. Yeah. So, and I got there on a full scholarship. I had so you, full, full tuition, yeah. room and board, everything was paid for. Yeah. So then I, I got to go home and tell my parents. Yeah. That was probably yeah. the hardest thing I'd ever had to do. Yeah. So walk, walk us in that, you know, I'm not trying to draw out emotion or anything like that, but I, I mean, this is, this is big, right? I mean, you grew up in a Christian home. You, I mean, not saying you were a Bible scholar, but you knew, you knew the Bible, you knew right from wrong, you knew God's design for marriage, all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like many, you're not alone in this, struggled with that once you got to a certain age and in a relationship. And that's why it's very important that you choose your your partners wisely. Um, but, you know, it can happen to anybody. So mm -hmm. you you come to this point and you realize, OK, I'm pregnant. So what's what's going through your mind there? Y'all, you just mentioned talking to your parents. But what's what, what's that like, that shock? Well, so, yes, I had to tell my port, my parents and that boyfriend disappeared. Mm. Um, and, you know, just not knowing what what light ahead. But I also had to go talk with a Baptist campus minister because I was on leadership for the next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, that that was hard, but I'm really glad I went to see him mm -hmm. because he said something that changed everything because I knew what I had done was wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, God had better plan for me. Um, but and I was already feeling guilty mm -hmm. and shame. But uh, in his office, Ken May mm. um, sat me down and said, I had done it. That's Baptist campus minister. That's Baptist yeah. campus minister's Ken May. Um, God bless him because he said, I hadn't done anything nobody else had done. I just got caught. Yeah. And that was such a mercy mm. and tenderness. And that paved the way for me to go back to Christ because I knew I had sinned. I knew I had done wrong. And I could have just walked off in shame and gone, yep, I've messed up and there's no turning back. Yeah. But, you know, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. Even, you know, naive me who thought I can never mess up. God will always love me. Nothing bad yeah. will ever happen to me. Um, he, he just kind of opened that door back up. Yeah. Um, and it, it wasn't anything about me serving on staff or, or a leadership team again. It was just me getting my life right with Christ. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, some people could look at that statement and of course, you know, I've, I've heard your testimony and even read through your testimony. Some could look at that statement and say, oh man, that's, he's justifying my actions. You know, if everybody else is doing it, then, then it must be okay. But you took that different mm -hmm. and, and elaborate on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I already knew. I already knew. I, yeah. I was sending the wrong message. I was a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You know, I was living a dual life. Um, and so I, I didn't, I knew I had been taught. Um, and so I didn't need anybody else shaming me. I was yeah. doing that for myself. Sure. And, and I think that's how we need to love others. Yeah. And I'm assuming he is, he probably sensed that, right? I mean, you, he, he knew you were in pretty bad place. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So piling on guilt was not the answer. It was not the answer. Yeah. It was not the answer. Yeah. Um, and I think that has also shaped how I treat other people, mm -hmm. hopefully, because you yeah. never know what somebody else is going through. You you don't know what they're thinking or um, their history yeah. or their future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a, a very important point here because you came to him. I mean, obviously, you're in leadership. You're, you've got to talk to him about that with the Baptist Campus Ministries. But <clears throat> you also came to him and confided in him. Uh, and and sought counsel from him, and he could have very very easily made you feel worse, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, just piled on and on and on. But but you know, led by God in that point, he shared took a different approach that not not justification, but hey, you you know we we've all made mistakes. Um, you, you've gotten caught, which which comes with consequences, right? Mm -hmm. Which you're already mm -hmm. thinking about, mm -hmm. I and mean, you've already mm -hmm. mentioned talking to your parents. And you're thinking, so um, you know. I, I think I think it's valuable to you know because again, we we go back to sin is enticing. It, it's fun, you know. It, it's enjoyable. We wouldn't do it if it weren't. We don't think about consequences in the moment, but it's things like this that what you experience that that bring consequences to the forefront in a way that 
um, you can't ignore. Right? No. And so you, you had to endure that. So, mm-hmm. so what were some of the consequences that you went through? Well, tell my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd that go? They, they put up a good front. I'm mm-hmm. sure they behind the doors were disappointed and, sure. you know, mom was supportive and said, Hey, I'll drive you to school. You know, you're going to keep going to school as much as you yeah. have to. We'll keep the baby, you know, do whatever we have to. You still need to finish your education. And But they were leaders in the church. And mm-hmm. so they probably had to tell their friends. And, yeah. you know, as a parent now of teenagers. You look at it a little different. I do yeah. look at it a little different. Sure. Um, so there was that and just trying to to figure life out. But um, I, I came across a verse and it's from, um, oh, I don't even know if I write down oh, Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty popular yeah. one yeah. where God says, I know the plans I have for you plans mm-hmm. to give you a hope and a future. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, uh, for, I know the plans I have for you declares Lord plans to prosper you and not ho- to harm you and to give you a future and a hope. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that what I was doing was harmful and leading mm-hmm. to destruction and challenges. Um, I was devastated. I was heartbroken. You mm-hmm. know, boyfriend was gone. I was going to be a single parent. Yeah. How was I going to handle school? How was I going to handle life? And um, it just turned my world upside down. Sure. But um, and, and at the same time, I could see that God had something better for me. You mm. know, I had messed up, but he had something better. Still for has me. a plan. He still yeah, has and that's a plan. important. Listen, a couple of things that I pick up on there is, you know, I guess on the, the negative side, but important to realize we think that our actions only affect us. But you talked about mm. telling your parents and and them being leaders in the church, the effect that that it had on them from that perspective. Yes, I mean, you know, I'm sure they had to 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 adjust and and tell folks um, do whatever they thought was appropriate. But I mean, just the effect that it had on them. And you talked about, you know, you look at it a little different now. You have teenagers of your own, young adults now mm-hmm. of your own, mm-hmm. um, and you know what that you can you can sort of appreciate maybe what they went through emotionally right and and we think we think hey I'm just going to do this you know whether it's you know sex or drugs or or whatever and I'm really just hurting myself you know nobody else is really affected but the people that love you the most mm-hmm. when you hurt they hurt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you when they see you fall it affects them, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a, a, an instance where, you know, they're in leadership and your actions cause them to have to transition or, or move in leadership or even give up leadership, or if it's just the emotional impact that it has on them. I think that's that's important because that just speaks to the overall influence that we have as believers um, and the impact that our lives have on others. I mean, that's that's just whether we're intentional or not, our lives are going to impact others. And so there, there's that aspect of it. Um, and then, you know, you 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 continue on and you talk about how, you know, it, it, it affected your life, you know, it just just rocked your world completely. Um, but. God still has a plan. He does. Right? He does. Yeah. He does. And and I think that's important to realize too is that you're never too far gone for God to redeem. You know, and you know, no matter what you've done, yeah, there'll be consequences. And and at this point in your story, you're facing those consequences, but you realize God still has a plan for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think wherever anybody that's listening is, that's something they need to zero in on is that whatever you're going through, whatever mistakes you've made, God still loves you and he still has a plan for you. Yes, you may have consequences for your actions, but that doesn't mean that he's finished with you. Right. And that's huge. Yeah. And so you live, you experience that afterwards. So you've, you've, you're right in the middle of the biggest crisis of your life. You've told your parents, you're thinking, what's my future hold? You know, God has a plan. Where do you go from here? Yeah. Well, knowing God has a plan and then just confessing and Mm -hmm. repenting and just pouring my heart out before the Lord and saying, you know what? You have these guidelines because you love us. And and I have chosen a way that's ruined my reputation and your Mm -hmm. reputation, God. And I'm sorry. And it's wrong. And I need you every day. So God started working on me and rebuilding my identity in him. And part of that, um, I got, I felt like I got a second chance. Um, and, and I say this cautiously because I know, um, not everybody will see it this way, but Mm. for me, my second chance came through having a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. 
Um, God had to work on me. Um, and miscarriages are hard for mm-hmm. anybody. Some people would love the opportunity to even get pregnant. Um, but for me, mm-hmm. that was God's mercy mm-hmm. and second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that summer, I just grew up a lot. Yeah. Swore off boys, was going to focus on my studies um, and and going ahead in my future, trying to live a life pleasing to Christ. Yeah. Well, and and, and you, I know you say this cautiously, cautiously, and I know your heart. You're not minimizing life. You're not, Mm-mm. you know that that in and of itself was a painful experience, right? Even the miscarriage itself. So, um, in no way was that a a positive thing. But through that, you experience God's mercy in giving you a reset. And he does that. He he can take pain and and bring something good out of it. And and uh, and I think he has in your life. And so uh, you experienced a, a pretty incredible turnaround through that event. And all of the all of the pain, all of the there were still consequences, still things you had to deal with. But now you know, again, God has a plan for your future, and you're determined to figure out what that is now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so you know. What's you, you you talked about in high school, you had trouble reconciling what you knew about God to your daily life and applying that to your daily life. Now that you've gone through this experience, has that changed? I mean, at this point in your life, not where you are now, but in college, after you've gone through this and you, you've recommitted your life, um, what, what types of questions are you asking then or, or how are you looking? How are you viewing uh, what it means to live for the Lord at that point? Hmm. Well, just different priorities mm-hmm. um, and different friends, different activities and, yeah. uh, you know, um, surrounding myself with more godly people. And yeah. um, I still always wanted to be a mom yeah. and um, knew I needed to get a college degree. But in this time, I met Kirk, yeah. um, who was a godly man and... Um, we had a long distance relationship for a while and I graduated college early. Um, and God, God knew the desire of my heart. I still wanted to be a wife and a mom. Mm -hmm. And so he brought Kirk at the right time, but we were long distance so I could focus on my studies and still focus on what he had for me to learn about himself and about Mm -hmm. myself and uh, figure all that out. And then after college, Kirk and I married. Yeah. So growing. So that time, could you say maybe that there before while you had, you know, your life pretty compartmentalized, maybe you closed that gap to, to some degree to where you weren't trying to live dual lives anymore. Exactly. Exactly. You you mentioned a change in some friends, some habits, some surroundings. And I think that's important. You mentioned the word repentance, and that's an important word. That means turning away from sin and turning to God. And sometimes that means leaving lifestyles and friendships even behind in order to follow, pursue after God. And that's what you did, right? And so in doing that, you began to grow in your knowledge of God. Uh, You learned more about him. And then God brings Kirk into your life and you get married. And so now you said you were married right after you graduated college. Is that right? Okay. So a new chapter begins. And so uh, take us from there. This experience, obviously, God has used in your life. Um, it is a pivotal point, what I call a spiritual marker, which you, you, we all have several through our lives, you know, different, different times, different things that happen that, that we look at, look back on now as major turning points spiritually, uh, where God worked in our lives through tragedy, through triumph, whatever, just bringing us um, along and, and growing. And I, this would have been a spiritual marker where your life took a major turn. And now you, you're married to a godly man and desire to start a family. You mentioned wanting to be a mom and, and all of that. And so, so, so that happens, right? So, mm-hmm. so take us through the next years, you know, how, how, I guess, you know, when, when you look back on all of this, um, you know, how, how do you think God has used all of this, your experience in college and, and your life as a mom and as a wife? I mean, has he, and if so, how has he used it? Um, so we were married, had about, well, we had three kids. We had three in, in four years. And um, so um, 
and they were just fabulous and, uh, everything was going great, but still, um, every now and then in the back of my mind though, I would remember the situation mm -hmm. and I would still feel shame associated with it and feel yeah. guilt. Even though I knew I was forgiven and I knew it was in the past, I still, Satan would just bring it up every now and then yeah. just to bring me down. And I can remember clearly, I'm sorry if I'm getting ahead or, or sidetracked, no, 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 but you're good. I just, anyway, so you I can answer however you feel like to answer. <laughs> That's the freedom in this, right? You get to answer. So I can remember standing in my closet, um, in my clothes closet. And I don't know if I was getting dressed for the day or whatever. And I could just, I was still feeling shame and guilt yeah. and, and whatever. And, and I just out loud said, it's under the blood of Jesus. Mm. It's done. Yeah. It's paid for. It's under the yeah. blood. So this is how many years would you say into your marriage? Oh, um, maybe 10. And you're still dealing with guilt and shame over yes. what happened 10 years, yes. 11 years, 12 years prior, yes. however many years. Which, you know, is, is another important point. Um Satan would love to cause you to become ineffective because of your guilt. At this yes. point, you've got a husband, you've got kids. You know, you're you're pursuing God, you're experiencing part of the plan he has for you, but you're still dealing with guilt. And you get in your closet, um, God speaks to you, brings you under conviction, whatever, however you want to describe that. And and you make the statement. It's under the blood. It's under the blood of it's Jesus. Blood. Which for someone they may not understand that phrase. What what, what does that mean to you? Mm, especially as we're approaching Easter and I've been mm -hmm. reading about the sacrifices and, you know, that um, God requires a blood sacrifice mm -hmm. to pay for our sins. And, yeah. and it's through the blood of Jesus that we are covered and our sins yeah. are paid for and we're forgiven and we're washed clean. Yeah. And yes, it's done in the book of life, mm -hmm. but just in my heart, as soon as I declared and just state it out loud because I, I knew this in my mind and, and I believed it in my yeah. heart. But for some reason, just saying it out loud, mm -hmm. all the feelings were gone. Mm -hmm. I, no more feelings associated with this memory. In fact, I hadn't thought about it for a long time yeah. until yeah. Anna was like, hey, mom, you need to, to write this down and talk yeah. about it. And so, so you remember all it, those but, feelings. Again, but no, no, but not really. Yeah. Not really. Okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah. So not in the same way. Not in the same so way. So you're remembering it, but without all the guilt and all the shame, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's that's huge because, you know, we talk about forgiveness, we talk about mercy, we talk about grace, and we believe those things. Um, and and you know, if you're truly a believer, you you do honestly, if you're a follower of Christ, you really do believe God forgives you of your sin, but then you find yourself struggling mm -hmm. with something you did 12 years ago. And you're still feeling guilty. You know, and God's word is very clear. He talks about, you know, you know, God forgives us and he forgets our sin as far as the east is from the west. Mm -hmm. And and so as far as he's concerned, when he looks at us, he doesn't see that sin. He sees the blood of his son Jesus that's covered. He sees forgiveness. He sees purity. Mm -hmm. because Jesus has sacrificed his life. Now, as you fully know, there's still consequences to our actions. It can change the course of your life. Some people make one mistake that changes their life forever. Mm -hmm. um, there are people in prison right now who exactly. made one decision that changed their life forever. Um, but you can still be that there's a difference between that and being forgiven of sin. And and what Satan wants to do is convince us that we are no longer worthy to be loved by God or used mm -hmm. by God because mm -hmm. of an action we committed 12 years ago. And what God is saying is you're still dealing with guilt when you have been forgiven, when I've forgiven you, I've set you free from that. Um, difference between consequences and and guilt and shame, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And, and so, because God's saying, hey, I've still got a plan for you. I've got something I want to do in your life. And if you don't get rid of this, if you don't accept the forgiveness I've already given you, you know, and all that comes with that, then um, then you're going to you're gonna miss out on something pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you, he used that in many ways. I'm sure we could sit here for a very long time and talk about the different lessons you've learned. But I... And reading your story and 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 hearing you talk about your story, I think there's one one direction that God led you in um, that is a clear example of how He used this to do something in and through you and Kirk and your family um, that 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 maybe 
you you I don't say you wouldn't have done, but uh, but God's in uh, He works all things together, and He's intentional. and And so, where where did God lead you from this point? I mean, you you've dealt with the guilt and the shame. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've experienced freedom from that. And so, what's what's next? So I told this to our then youth pastor, mm-hmm. um, and because um, I really hadn't shared my story much with with many people, so I, I had told him about it, and. Um, a couple of times he told us about some girls who had gotten pregnant Mm -hmm. and, um, and so Kirk and I talked about adopting, um, because I could relate to their feelings of fear and being alone and being scared and not knowing what was going to happen. Um, so we started considering adoption and, um, for that time it was, for the mindset of saving a life, you mm-hmm. know, it, to give a teen mom an out if yeah. she's considering abortion. Hey, there are people here who are willing to adopt. Sure. So, so your mind thinking, your 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 thinking then was, hey, there, if there's a teenager that's pregnant, sign me up. Um, you know, we'll take mm-hmm. we'll take the baby. Right. 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 Yeah. Which is great, and we need more of. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, and so we just kind of tossed that around and talked about, and it's really cool. This kind of happened about the time or after, you know, I just had this Mm. conclusion on my situation. So Mm. I really feel like it was God leading us. So we, we talked about that some, and there are two or three instances where that came up, but nothing really ever happened. And then I don't remember how much longer it was. We would still talk about every now and then. And Kirk said, okay, if we're going to adopt, we need to get serious and make it happen because nobody's going to drop a baby on our front porch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and of course you, as you well know, Mandy and I adopted too. And we kind of went through that phase too, I think, where it was like, hey, you know, if there's a f- spare baby out there, you know, uh-huh. you, you're you're praying through it. And, and it's not really even in the joking, you're serious about it, but you don't really, you're not to the point to where you're ready to be all in and, and do what's necessary to get started. And, mm-hmm. and But you know, the desire is there, the mm-hmm. heart is there. And that I'm, I'm guessing is what y'all were going through. Um, and so the initial thought was, if there's an unwanted child, baby, then we'll adopt. Mm-hmm. Kirk says, "Hey, it's time to get serious. If mm-hmm. we're going to do this, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do what find out what we need to do and, and get involved." And mm-hmm. so, take us through that process. Okay, I mean, yeah. so we met with um, there was an adoption support group, a couple of families who got together and they all had their different stories of Mm -hmm. adopting from birth or adopting internationally or fostering. And so we heard their stories and they encouraged us to not have a set mindset of what God is calling us Mm -hmm. to, but research Mm -hmm. and see what our options are. So about that time, there was a family in church who was involved with Ukrainian orphans Mm -hmm. and knew of an organization in Montgomery that worked with hosting Ukrainian orphans and they invited families to come down um, and be house parents for a weekend or however long. So we went and spent a weekend down there and um, there were 12 kids and they were all teenagers. And uh, we learned about Ukrainian orphans Mm -hmm. and it's the same for a lot of children um, around the world that they don't have a lot of government programs or assistance when they graduate high school. They're put out of the orphanage and a lot of them end up in lives of crime, prostitution. They're dead. Very few make it to what we call successful. It is. Success after that. Mm -hmm. And so that just broke our hearts. And we knew, you know, adoption wasn't about loving a little innocent baby. It was about a ministry and a mission, you know, yeah. giving, mm-hmm. giving a kid a hope and a future. And that's exactly what we told a judge. Yeah. yeah. So you're in the Ukraine, you go to this orphanage, you meet some kids there. Well, they came here. Oh, they came here. They I'm came sorry. Okay. to Montgomery. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And we met them. I didn't know. So you, you, you get to meet some of the kids though, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you see some of these kids and, you know, you, you know that unless something happens, unless somebody steps in and makes them a part of their family, their future is very bleak. And mm-hmm. and that is true. I mean, you know, we adopted from China. It's the same thing. We went to the to our son's orphanage and and you would see some of the older kids that you knew were going to age out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And the percentage, I don't know what it is, but is incredibly low mm-hmm. for for those kids. Um uh, their their success, their survival rate is low. And if they do survive, it's going to be in crime, drugs, prostitution, or, or all of the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 
you know, that has to hit you pretty hard. So you start out, okay, let's, if there's an unwanted baby, let's adopt that. And then you see these kids that, that are a little older and, and, and so where's the Lord leading you guys at this point? So we were just kind of checking out the scene mm-hmm. that weekend when we went and then, um, Andrew, Abby and Anna were all mm-hmm. with us. So all five mm-hmm. of us were there that yeah. weekend and we get in the van to come home and, you know, went around the, the van. All right. What's the consensus? And we all said, Hey, you know, that kid, Yura, we mm. kind of like him, yeah. everybody. Yeah. And this was a kid you had just met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had just one met of, him one of those weekend. kids that you had just met. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was 14 mm. and in Ukraine, um, they have to be adopted by the time they're 16. So he's, he's aging out in two years mm-hmm. and that's a long jump from baby to 14 year old. Mm-hmm. And um, international. And- international <laughs> on top of that. You're thinking, hey, U.S. teen mom will adopt the baby initially. And now you're looking at 14 year old international adoption. Um, and I mean, that, that's a that's a huge jump. That's crazy. So, yeah. Who does that? Yeah. Well, and, the, you know, you and I have talked. I, you know, this is not my story, but we adopted very young, a two and a half year old. I. I, I'm in awe of you guys in the sense that, I mean, I can't imagine the challenges that come with that. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't, and, and I know you're, you're, you're not going to tell his story. That's his story to tell, but I, I would love to hear y'all's side of it. I mean, mm-hmm. going through that process from, you know, okay, the realization that God is calling us to adopt a 14 year old teenager from the Ukraine what does that do to your family? What does that do to you guys? I mean, how, take us through that process as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Take us through that process emotionally for you, for for the kids, for Kirk. Um, what happens from that point? You made the decision. We all we all like this kid. You know, yeah, he's yeah. a cool guy. Let's, yeah, let, let's. So move it was. Um, so we, you can't say anything while the kids are there because mm. they're not an adoption agency, sure. right? Um, so after they leave, then you can write back to the organization and say, hey, we're interested in pursuing adoption mm-hmm. with this child. Well, there was another family that was interested in Yura. And mm. um, so we were told no. Mm. And then um, actually, so that was in the fall. And then in the spring, I went to a women's conference and, um, just there was it compassion international or somebody there, Mm -hmm. you know, they're always there and and with the envelopes and, and I was like, God, that's why we want to adopt because we want to introduce children to you. They had some choir on stage singing international kids. And I was like, God, that's why we want to adopt. We want to introduce a child to you. No joke. Get home the next day, get an email from the organization. And they said, Hey, that other family backed out. Are you still interested in Europe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then we, um, so we talked about it, we prayed about it. And then there were markers all along the way of timing that was just right to get mm-hmm. paperwork in or whatever. So God's hand was in it yeah, all along. He's refining you the whole time. You and Kirk, your family, you know, through the process of zeroing in on a teenager. Um, and even that quick delay, maybe even um, further solidifying in your heart, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and what he's calling you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was ultimately to, to to lead a child to Christ. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we we needed that assurance because um, the adoption process itself was quite interesting because mm-hmm. Ukraine was going through their revolt and I'm everything sure, yeah. while mm-hmm. I was there. And yeah. then so we are, so you are in Ukraine when some of this is going on, right? Yeah. 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 It, was, yeah. it was very memorable. A wild. Oh yeah. You'll never forget. Not that you would anyway, but that may even. Adds another twist to it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So we we bring him home, and by then Dominic, well, he changed his name to Dominic, and mm-hmm. he's sixteen. And because kids are prepared to leave the orphanage by the time they graduate high school mm-hmm. and be on their own, they're not looking to be nurtured. Yeah, and to be taught and um and assimilated into a family, they're yeah. looking for independence. Yeah. So that that changed our dynamic in the home quite mm-hmm. a bit more than any of us were expecting. I mean, we had cultural issues, we had language barrier, and then just the fact he didn't know what it meant to be adopted yeah. and be part of a family. That, yeah. that kind of presented some challenges. So a two-year process, 14 to 16, he, he finally comes home at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And then his world in his life, he's preparing to 
go out on his own, but suddenly he's a part of a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, I mean, for you guys, I mean, and, and you are how many years removed from that now? Seven. Seven years ago. This is all, all taken place. And you mentioned, you know, the cultural barriers, the language barriers, um, education. And again, education. And again, you know, you, you share what you're comfortable with, but obviously I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm passionate about this because of where we are in our life's journey. But, you know, what is it that if, if, if you had to tell somebody, first of all, you mentioned the purpose in leading a child to Christ. Okay. You know, I think a lot of people have the illusion and you tell me if you disagree, but I think a lot of people have the illusion that, Hey, we're going to go adopt. And I mean, this is just, this kid's going to be just like, you know, uh, all my other kids just going to fit right into the family. Everything's going to be peachy keen and it's just going to be normal. And they're just, you know, and, and they don't, even if you tell them about the challenges, they're not thinking about all of the challenges. And you have to, I believe, look at it on some level as a ministry. I mean, that, that yes, you want them to be a part of your family. And, you know, my son is my son, even though he's adopted, he's, you know, a son with all rights and privileges to whatever, what little I have. But, uh, but still, there has to be a greater purpose in that. And I think that's, that is so valuable that there was this delay because it happened for us too. It was a different delay, a longer delay. But I think during that time we had to define, you know, why are we doing this? Is this for us? Is this really to, to see a, a kid's life changed? And so, so that's step number one. I mean, you, you've defined that you now have this, this child um, and, and that's your mission. You're seven years removed. So, so now we're, we're looking back, right? I mean, I know it's still a journey. It's still ongoing. He's a part of your family forever, but you're looking back. What do you think the greatest challenge was in those years with all of those barriers, all of those, all of those are challenges, you know, with all of those things going on, what do you think the, the greatest challenge for you guys was or the greatest adjustment you had to make as a family, as a couple? Mm. Well, it's not a natural love. It's mm-hmm. it's not a natural attachment. Yeah. Um, we learned so much about God's love for us more by adopting than yeah. having our own children. Just because, um, you know, as children of God, we have to want to be adopted. We have to want to learn from Him. We have to want to receive the gifts. We have to trust God. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we we're trying this with Dominic. You know, just trust us. Hey, we've got. You know, we're going to pace ourselves. Yeah. And they they want everything now because they kids coming from orphanages or trauma situations don't know that there's a future. You know, they're they're right. like, I got to get what I got to get now. Yeah. Yeah. So learning just to build that trust and build that love and connection because yeah. um, he was he he didn't know how to receive that. Um, yeah. And so that that was that was a big, big challenge. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And anybody listening to that, if you have any thoughts of of of, you know, that when you say when you make the statement, it's not a natural connection and it's a love you have to work at. You know, if you're if you're not familiar with adoption, you may you may hear that and think, oh, that sounds harsh. But no, I mean, that's real. OK, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, and that's regardless of whether you adopt a, a two year old or a 15 year old on some level. I mean, you know, God's design is for one man, one woman together to have a family, right? And and there's a connection between a mother and her child and a father and his child that's built into that. Mm-hmm. It's natural. Mm-hmm. And when you break that up mm-hmm. in any way, shape, form, or fashion, you're breaking up God's design. Mm-hmm. There's redemption, there's mercy, and there's, you know, adoption is one of those ways that mm-hmm. God provides for kids like my Eli, like Dominic, to to be in, introduced to a family that they otherwise would not have had, but it's still not God's perfect plan. Mm-mm. And so it's broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so you, when you go through that, you, that realization going through that and experiencing those emotions and having to work toward building that relationship can be difficult. Mm-hmm. And, and, I know had to have been, as you just shared with an older teenager. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, your your biggest challenge 
What about the biggest blessing? Is it, it you look back seven years and I know what your answer is going to be. Um, was it all worth it? And why? I'm not going to cry. I promise. <laughs> well, you got tissues. <laughs> but right? um, yeah. yeah, the biggest blessing is he did get saved and, mm. and radically so. Um, so God's purpose has been fulfilled in that sense. Right? Yeah. yeah. The biggest purpose. Yeah. And it's nothing that we did. And it's, you know, I can look at my my born children and go, I, you know, I, you just, you have a different sense of pride, right? Yeah. And you can take some ownership in them because they're like you or you blame because they're sure. like you. But um, when it's totally God doing it and you're not in it, it's, it's different. Yeah. Mm. And that is a, a, a blessing because, and there were times when Kirk and I would say, would we do it again? No. Would we do it again for him? Yeah. Well, you know, we, yeah. we'd, we'd adopt Dominic again and go through all that for him again. But, um, you know, and if you, you ask anybody, um, you know, like in the Bible, sometimes it sounds like Jesus is trying to talk you out of being a Christian yeah. or Paul's trying to talk yeah. you out of being a Christian. I think it's the same for adoptive Count the parents. Calls, take up your cross, mm-hmm. all of those phrases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, if that's, if that's the goal, is to bring them to Christ. Then yes. Cause I can remember, yeah. um, it, it just a lot of hard times and a lot of hard moments. And you wonder, God, I'm going to pull my hair out. Do you, do you even see me? I know you mm-hmm. know how many hairs are on my head. Do, yeah. do you see me? Cause yeah. this is tough and this yeah. isn't what we were expecting. Yeah. So in those moments, where do you land? I mean, when you're going through that, when you come down, when you're going through a difficult situation to get a difficult time, you what cling you to the promises, you, cl- you know, the, the memories and the assurances along the way that God had you where you were. Um, thankfully, Kirk is just the best husband ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our small group. We have our church, just prayer support to yeah. get us through and, and books you yeah. know, and yeah. training yeah. And, yeah. and online support groups. I'm not sure. kidding. Yeah. You, you have to have it a good support It does help to group. know that there's somebody else dealing with what you're dealing with. And, right? and there are version. horror stories out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, yeah. we had our share of issues, but not, I mean, there are some just yeah. horror stories. Sure. Well, and I mean, I go back immediately. You're talking about clinging to God's plan and, and, and all of this. I go back to Jeremiah 29, 11. I mean, you started with that and, and that's, you know, the context there, he's talking to the nation of Israel, but the same is true for us. God has a plan for us and for all of his children. I mean, those and we are adopted into his family, which gives you a whole different picture of adoption as an adopted parent um, and all that God goes through that we put him through, mm-hmm. through our rebellion and and all of that. But you cling in those difficult moments, you cling to the the truth that I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And and there is a plan. And, you know, you're still experiencing that. And there's still a plan out there. Part of God's plan is yet to be fulfilled with your family, with you, with Dominic. But but you point to that that salvation. You go back to when, you know, you an- answered the question at that conference. Lord, this is why we're doing this. We want to introduce a child to you. And even with all the hardships, you know that God's still in the process. He's still working. He's still moving. And that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all imperfect human beings and we want to please God. We want to fulfill God's purpose. And we're depending on his strength to do it, which means we're going to mess up plenty of times along the way. Uh, we're going to fall flat on our face. But we're going to trust in his sovereignty over all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so uh, the, the blessing of knowing that God works through this. Now, I, this is just a question. I, you know, I mean, the purpose of this is for you to share your story so that others can hear it. Right. So other people can identify. Maybe there's somebody out there today that's going through a, a rebellion in their teen years or college years. Uh, maybe they're struggling with, you know, an unwanted pregnancy. Maybe there, um, there's a couple out there considering adoption, um, and and you know that's this is where your journey is right now. And so um, I, I throw a, a little bit of a curveball at you. This isn't a, a question, but that that I put in there. But it's the same same question in two different ways. Okay. Let's say there's there's a teenager or a young college student that's out there struggling they, they, with an unwanted pregnancy. What what would be your advice to them? Who's it unwanted by? Who's the baby unwanted by? Mm. So, um, and and I've talked to my girls about this too, that um, I think 
I'm going to get on a soapbox for a minute. Can okay. I do that? Okay. Well, it's, it's your story. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of people give the, the impression that the worst thing that can happen to your daughter is she gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not true. I mean, that's a human life she has. Yeah. I mean, I think a very difficult thing to get over is having a criminal record. <laughs> it's yeah. harder to yeah. employ. We all have our own <laughs> preconceived ideas. So yeah. I think we need to stop having that stigma that a, a teen who's pregnant is the worst thing and that ends yeah. her life. It does not. Yeah. And and I think that will help the girl um, if we can all just wrap some love around her. You yeah. Know? Um, so there, there are families there who are willing to adopt. There are alternative ideas. Yeah. You know, you, it's admirable to not abort and it's also admirable to give your baby up for adoption. Yeah. And there are a lot of open adoptions where people can work together, yeah. um, you know, helping. So, um, and the mercy and love of Christ and of a church family is mm-hmm. available. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at your pattern. Your response was first tell your parents, right? And, you know, for some, if that, that is an option, do that. I mean, if you're sitting there today and you, you, you're you a teenager or whatever, you find yourself in that situation and you can talk to your parents, even if it's scary, you know that, that, uh, that, that that's an option to do that. If you're in a situation where that's not possible because of abuse or, or whatever the case, that's just one example, your next step was to talk to a minister, right? To talk to your the Baptist campus minister. There are people out there that will listen, mm-hmm. even if it's not your family. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. people out there that want to help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's your church, even if you don't go to church, find a church. Mm-hmm. To, to our, our pregnancy centers all over the all over the, the place. There's mm-hmm. there every city just about has one, mm-hmm. and so there's somebody out there waiting to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so find help. Now, your journey leads to adoption. I'm sure there are parents out there that are considering adoption mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. that are praying about it, um, that know that God's giving them a, at least a desire, an inkling of a desire. Um, and maybe they're just in that phase where we all started. They're, they're talking about possibilities. They're kind of toying with the idea, but they haven't gotten serious. What, what would be your advice to them? If, they're, if, they're, if they think they feel led to adopt, what would be your advice? Make sure you're led to adopt. Mm-hmm. It's, it is hard. Because hurt people, people who have been hurt, hurt other people. Mm -hmm. And that natural relationship wounds that child forever when it's broken. They're always going to want their birth parents. That's just how we're designed. It's hard. Um, And so just be willing to accept the hard of it. It's not... It's not beautiful. But it is beautiful. When When you learn how much Christ has done for us and how much... We need to depend on Christ. Yeah. And uh, I've just learned so much about my relationship with Christ. So be certain of it. Get a good support group. Educate yourself. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Yeah. And just just know it's not beautiful. <laughs> But but it's worth it. Those kids need. No, there are parts of it that's not. No, I mean, and that's just being honest, and that's why I ask you that question because you you've got to be prepared as much as possible for the difficult. Um, But no, as difficult as it was, we adopted again. Yeah, we you know God led us to adopt again. We didn't get to that part of the story, but you guys have adopted for a second time. So even with all the challenges, yeah. The, the you mentioned that there are parts that aren't beautiful, but there are parts that really are. Mm-hmm. And that that story of salvation is the the big glowing centerpiece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and ultimately, I'm guessing what led you guys to do that again is, mm-hmm. is that God has given you this desire and this passion. Listen, anything God calls us to do, if it's something he calls us to do, it's not going to be easy. Mm-mm. It's going to be hard. We're going to have to depend on him for it, whether that's adopting a child or, you know, serving in ministry or being a godly um, teacher, you know, and, 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 and living for Christ in a culture that, that doesn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't live for Christ or doesn't even accept Christ. I mean, anything that you, God calls you to do, you're going to have to depend on him for. And this is just another example of that. It's different and unique, just like everything else is. Um, but just knowing that God's called you to do that, and and the fact that you're 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 willing to accept that again, uh, is is testament to the the ministry. And 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 even though 
I can totally identify in, in a lot of ways. I mean, again, I've told you adopting a teenager is not something that we at this point have been led to do. I can't imagine some of the challenges that go with that, but just of of all of the attachment and all of that, you know, we've experienced that as well. And uh, the, the challenges there of adopting, bringing a child into your home, I mean, the, the, the blessing uh, that, that goes along with that. And just knowing that, that this is a ministry that you've been called to, because like you said, you make sure, you know, but you have, and knowing that, that, that God has a plan to work through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's so important. Um, I would simply add, and, and I mean, absolutely 100% amen, everything you said, uh, as far as, as being prepared, uh, make sure your marriage is strong mm-hmm. first too, mm-hmm. before you mm-hmm. do that, because mm-hmm. uh, it will test your, mm-hmm. you, you said this in your story, it will test your, your marriage. But, um, Thank you so much for for sharing, just for taking time. I mean, you know, I know part of this, you know, very, very personal and and could not have been easy. But um, again, I know there are people out there that are either struggling with um, decisions they've made in the past, living through the consequences of those decisions, uh, whether it's this or something else, or, you know, they're they're praying right now about bringing another person into their family mm-hmm. and, and hearing you be honest about it and all of the, the good, the bad, the in-between, but, but again, highlighting how God's worked through this and has accomplished something pretty amazing. Let me um, add something though sure. before we end. Yes. I just want to say, I admire actually something from bringing teenagers in the home, not so much with little ones, is just their bravery to be willing to step into somebody else's house. Yeah, the teenager and letting somebody, mm-hmm. yes, and mm-hmm. letting somebody like just um, love on them and welcome them into their yeah. homes. A complete stranger, they've also committed, you know, they had a little bit of a say in it, but how brave they were to step into our home yeah. and our family yeah. and then seeing the obstacles that they've overcome. You know, it's yeah, the big icing on the cake is, is um, transformation in life in Christ, mm-hmm. but just little obstacles and yeah. school challenges and, and daily things, see them yeah. change some habits. That's a benefit with older kids. Well, that, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've enjoyed and, that, and that's an excellent point because, you know, there may be a family out there right now that's struggling there. They have adopted and they're you know struggling through different, different uh, uh, challenges. And and one of the things that we've tried to zero in on is small victories. Right. Yes. Not, not yeah. just I mean, even when there's there's a, a growth in a small area and them attaching to you, which mm-hmm. I'm sure is amplified times a million with a teenager, the difficulty with that, um, you know, but yes, I mean, you have to admire those kids for mm-hmm. for making that commitment themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day at a time, one step at a time and, you know, God's grace carries you through. Um, but those, those small little, little blessings along the way is Mm -hmm. what, is what keeps you going. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, again, thank you. And, and I admire you guys so much, um, uh, for taking that initial step of faith, um, and then doing it yet again with another child. And, uh, I can't wait to see what God's going to do through that. Right. Right. Uh, (laughs) Me too. uh, You are just at the beginning of this journey. Uh, but, uh, it is. He's got a plan in that, just like he did the other. Um, and and hopefully, if there is somebody out there that's listening, watching, whatever, if you're struggling with um, uh, a teenager struggling with an unexpected pregnancy, if you're if you have questions about adoption or whatever, you've heard Tiffany's story. Uh, I've shared a little bit of my story. Um, know that you are loved and that that uh, there are people out there that want to minister to you and our church is one of them. And you can, you can reach out to us at wallhighway.com. You can contact us. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're familiar with us in some way, you found us some way and, and uh, we want to hear from you and we'd love to minister to you. And, and there are families in our church that would love to minister to you as well. Uh, again, Tiffany, thank you for, for being willing to open up to not only me, um, but, whoever's going to be watching this. And yeah. Thanks those, for letting me. And yeah. I, I hope it does minister to people and I hope other people share their stories. Yeah. Cause I really enjoyed listening to Max's too. Yeah. Yeah. This and is, 
this is our my story number two. You're the second one, and so hopefully this is again the beginning of many. And 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 I think this will encourage people uh, to step out and and to share, regardless of what your story is. We all have a story mm-hmm. to share. Mm-hmm. If we belong to Jesus, we have a story to share, and that's a story that God wants to use to minister to other people. Uh, so let's pray together. Let's uh, finish out and and uh, and spend our last few moments just thanking God for the blessings He gives us and for the time that we've had together. Father, thank you for all that you've done to bring us where we are today. We all have a story to share. We've all been brought out of sin into a relationship with you, and that's only by your grace and by your mercy. And I thank you for for people like Tiffany who are willing to share um, personal details of their life so that others can uh, be ministered to, so that you can use that to impact other individuals. And we know that you led her to share because there's someone out there that needs to hear it. Um, And I pray that um, you would use this to draw people to yourself. I thank you for the time that I've been able to spend with her just to to talk and to learn more about her, uh, what I've learned through this and and the encouragement that I've received uh, through her testimony and watching uh, her and Kirk and her family um, lead their family through the process of adoption and and uh, and and then to go back again and and to commit to another child. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless them, that you would um, lead God and direct them as they make decisions, as they face those challenges every day, that you would continue to uh, to help them to see the 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 victories and the blessings. I pray for their children, all of their children, uh, that you would bless them with relationship with you and to know their purpose in life and that they would pursue you, um, that they would pursue your purpose for them and experience that, the joys of knowing you and knowing and living for you. Um, Lord, I, I again, I thank you for this platform and I pray that you would use it. I pray that you would use Tiffany's story, Max's story, that you would lead others to share their story and that you would use it to draw people to yourself. Lord, we thank you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for being with me and thank you all for joining us today.